So if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to open them up and just come with me on this journey. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. If you've got your phone, you can use that as well, but if you have a Bible, that would be great to open it if you have it along with you, and I want to get started right away. This little message is called Strength, Courage, and the Power of Decision. I want to talk about those three things, and I want to come to you with this concept in the context of Joshua. So let me just say as we begin, I want to be completely upfront and say that there may be some people that are going to make a decision tonight. Have the strength and the courage to make a decision, a decision to give your life to Christ. Some of you are going to make a decision to go public with your faith in Christ and be baptized, and tonight is going to be a defining moment in your life. So as I'm sharing with you, I just want to ask you to just light a candle of prayer in your heart and just ask yourself before God if tonight's that night that you give your life to Christ. If tonight's the night that you want to publicly proclaim your faith in Christ, or maybe make another decision that's going to be a defining moment in your life. There's a defining moment that's happening right here in the opening chapter of the book of Joshua. Who is Joshua? Joshua is the successor of Moses. Joshua is the leader after Moses. Now here's what's fascinating. When you read the scriptures, here's what you find. Not everyone held Moses in such high regard. And after he dies, he becomes the great prophet that we look back and see, but not everyone saw him that way. Scholars and historians estimate there could have been as many as three million Israelites, three million Hebrews wandering through the desert, of which they were murmuring, complaining, chiding, and chafing against Moses and his leadership. But, however, Nevertheless, notwithstanding Joshua, Joshua had the sense to see God gave him the grace to actually grasp the great way in which God did and was going to use Moses. That's who Joshua is. So as we begin, please listen. As I begin this talk, here's the history. This piece is huge. Joshua will fail. And I say that to say this, you will fail. You will make mistakes. That being said, someone else needs to hear this today, and I'm going to tell you, be what it may, whatever you're going through, Moses and Joshua would tell you too today, failure can be one of the most powerful motivators. Failure can be one of the most powerful stimulators. Failure can be a great initiator if Here's the clause, if in the midst of those mistakes you seek God's strength, courage, and you make decisions that are led by God. In the opening verses of the book of Joshua, Almighty God, Almighty God speaks to Joshua. He needs it. He needs the encouragement. He needs the strengthening of hearing from God. Is there anybody here who wants to hear the voice of God tonight? Say yeah. Yeah. Say yeah. Here's Joshua in the midst of this moment, no doubt, filled with some sense of fear, and God comes to him, and this is what he says. Joshua 1, chapter 5, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Look, 
This is what God says. God says, this is what I'm going to, listen, this is what I'm going to do, and this, this is what I'm going to not do. I'm going to, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be with you. Here's, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm never going to leave you. Now, here's what makes that so great. Here's where I want you to find strength tonight. The writer of the book of Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think about that for a moment. The one who's offered you forgiveness and salvation and the hope of heaven, the day you gave your life to him, the day you came to Christ and you said, I'm the sinner, you're the savior, take away my sin, give me your light, give me your life, give me your love, take away my emptiness, pride, and shame, fill me with your glory, give me the hope of heaven today. You may have said that yesterday. Some of you may say it tonight. Some of you may have said it 20 years ago, and here's what's remarkable. It just doesn't matter because he's the same today as he was that day. Would someone join me in getting excited about that? And I'm telling you, the more years you go on in Christ, the more years you have behind you, the more you come to appreciate the strength of this practical truth. In theology, it's called immutability. Everyone say immutability. Immutability. Immutability is a a theological word. The immutability of God just means this. He never changes. He doesn't have to. He's always the same. And I'm saying, man, what a truth to cling to and to add clarity in a world that's so distorted. As you sit here right now, that you can hear Almighty God say to you, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. As I was with David when he took down Goliath, so I'll be with you. As I was with Daniel when he was smelling the breath of lions in his face, so I'll be with you. As I was with Paul and Silas, chained to the wall, behind prison boards, so I will be with you as I was with every martyr whose blood was spilled as they made a decision to follow me, cost with it will, and every child suffering under social injustice, so I will be with you. Men and women, that is worthy of your meditation tonight, to think about the fact that God is with you. He will never leave you or he will never forsake you. Understand? He said, he, what did he say? I will never leave you or forsake you. Here's my point. There's a danger tonight. There's a danger tonight that some of you might be experiencing, and it's this. It's the danger of giving up too soon. What? What do you mean? I'm saying the danger of giving up too soon on whatever it is that, that, that you're going through right now. It might be your marriage. And you're here, and you had your Chick-fil-A, and you, know, you had your ice cream or whatever it may be, and the truth is, is that your marriage is in trouble. Your children are dysfunctional. And it's crushing you. It may be your relationship with your friends or your family. They're broken. It might be some other hardship you're going through physically or mentally or occupationally or emotionally or spiritually. I don't know. I don't need to know. God knows. 
What I know is this. Don't give up. Did you just hear that? Don't give up. Say it with me. Don't give up. Too many of us, we give up too soon, not seeing, not knowing, not trusting, not realizing God is with you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, he says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, he says, be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, he says, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Why? Why is he saying this? Because God is trying to root out, root, root out the insecurity, the the timidity, the fear, the, the doubt, the uncertainty in this man. And he's a godly man. And he's still struggling and he's still wrestling. You notice that? He continually says, be strong and courageous. How many of us have gone through life with certain degrees of insecurity, fear, doubt, anxiety, depression that may be holding us back from what God's calling you to be? Tonight, there's something inside us and it's holding us back. Whether you're measuring yourself against your neighbor or your parents did this or my ex-spouse did this, this person beside you at work, your brother or sister growing up, my mom and dad 20 years ago, there's this certain something and it marked the way you developed in your life. You don't feel like you're really living in your fullness in Christ. You have certain degrees of insecurity or anxiety and I'm still living with this because this happened to me or that happened to me. Look, God is trying to root all of that out of Joshua Who knows what it was like to wander for 40 years in the midst of the wilderness. Whatever it was in Joshua that happened in his life, God continually has to say to him, be strong. Have courage. And then he says, be very strong. And then he says, don't be afraid. Did you see it? It's it's in succession several times. That's telling you something. That here's a man of God that was fearful and timid and needed to have God come and say, be strong and courageous. It doesn't take a theologian to deduce that he must have had something he was afraid of. That God has to say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I want to root out the insecurity from within you. I want you to be trans, what's Romans 12 say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's trying to help him change his mind. God's literally brainwashing him. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. like continually saying it to Joshua. Why? Because Joshua must have felt like he couldn't do it. Do what? Whatever he was facing. A multitude of complaining chiding, chafing people that he had to lead, taking on the great responsibility that Moses had and now it's upon his shoulders. Perhaps he's looking out across the horizon and he sees the great walls of Jericho and how they could probably never come down, crossing the Jordan River to get into a land called the land of promise. How could he ever possibly get there? Listen, this is so important. If you could go back in time with me right now, We could just rewind the whole tape right all the way back to this point. We rewind this whole thing back to this moment. Let me tell you what you would hear. 
Let me tell you what you'd see. Let me tell you what you'd be experiencing. The Red Sea was parted 40 years ago. Moses is dead. The people are tired. They're frustrated and exhausted. I have no doubt that Joshua is in this place. Very similar to the place where many of you might be sitting right here tonight, saying, wondering, asking, with your proverbial knees knocking and nails biting, probably thinking to himself like you may be right now, what do I do next? What do I do now? Where do I go from here? What do I do now? Where do I go from here? How do I lead others? I can hardly lead myself. So how about you? You might be here tonight and your kids are prodigal. Something went wrong on the financial. You lost your cool. You said something. You flew off the handle. And now you can't take those words back. Are you there? Have you been there? Or you're just like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Maybe you made a bad business deal. Maybe you took some money and you squandered it on something and you didn't even know you were squandering it until one day you turned around and you looked at your books and you're like, oh, no, we're broke. Maybe you've taken a lot more withdrawals out of your relationship with your spouse than you even knew that you did and one day you turned around and you didn't even realize how close you are to the brink of divorce. Your marriage is in ICU and you didn't even notice Maybe there's a sin in your life and you saw it out there and you decided to engage it and then you embraced it and then you were ensnared by it and now you're enslaved to it. And you're saying to yourself tonight, what do I do now? And where do I go from here? No doubt this man Joshua was very much afraid as he stood in this place. And God said to him, Again, be strong and courageous, but now listen, please listen to me, because the next thing I'm going to say is just as important as the first. The next thing that God says to him is this, and stay close to my word. Stay close to my word. He says, don't depart from my word. I want you to stick close to my word. I want you to meditate on it day and night. What do you do when you find yourself in that place? You lean on his word. You look to his word. You find his will from his word. You do his work revealed in his word. Because you might say, yeah, that's me. I'm connecting with what you're saying. So what do I do? I'm saying don't dismiss God's word. You've got to go deep into his word and have frequent and intimate dealings with God in his word. That's what you do. So I'm going to ask you, where's the word of God in your life today? If you're lost and, you, and you've lost your way. I was just telling my son the other day, I bought one of those wireless speakers because I wanted to listen to lectures as I'm taking a shower. So, right, so I bought one of those wireless speakers that's waterproof. So I, I turn my phone on in my room and I put on like a lecture or a message and I take the speaker into the shower with me. Well, something happened between my bedroom and coming around into my shower and I lost connection. And I actually, this speaker system, I can name it, you know. So I named it Matt Stokes because it's mine and I don't want my kids to take it. 
So I named it Matt Stokes, and as I'm taking a shower, all of a sudden I'm listening to this message, and it stops. And then the speaker begins to speak to me. And this is what it said. Matt Stokes, lost. Matt Stokes, lost. Matt Stokes, lost. And I know it's funny, and when I was telling it to you, I realized the humor in it, but you have to understand, when I was in that moment, I almost began to cry. Because I realized, what would it be like to be lost? What would it be like to be far from God? and in total need of forgiveness, and not even knowing where to find it. Maybe you feel that way tonight. You lost your way, you can't find it again. Here's why I'm I'm saying that. You know, Jesus says that he's a good shepherd that will leave the 99, and he will go find that one that is lost and save it. You know how I know that? I read it in his word. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that one who is lost. You know how I know that? I read it in his word. The scriptures say that Jesus is the one who calms the storms that rage. You know how I know that? I read it in his word. It says, when, I, when you walk through the valley of the shadows that, that, that smells like death, you don't have to fear because I will be with you. You know how I know that? Say it loud. Now, right on. I will never leave you or forsake you. To leave you, that's physical. To forsake you, that's emotional. Jesus said, lo, consider this, behold, I will never leave. I will always be with you to the end of the age, and I will never forsake you. Emotionally, physically, Jesus, somehow in a mystical and fantastic way that I can't even describe, he's always with me. I know that because I read it in his word. And if you're here tonight and you want to find strength and be stronger, you want to find courage and be more courageous, you want to overcome fear and doubt and worry and anxiety and sin, and yes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it comes from God's word. If you believe me, say yes. Say yeah. If you're going through it tonight, and man, you know what I mean by that whether it's your marriage or your job or your personal life or just your own mind, stop trying to get the answers from everyone else or anywhere else. You get it from God's word. Sometimes you'll get it from other people. Sometimes God gives it to you through other people, and that's wonderful, and God intended that. That's what the church is for. But make sure you get to God long before you get to anyone else. You get face-to-face with God long before you get face-to-face with anyone else. Let them confirm what God has to say, but the first voice you ought to be listening to is God's voice, and you will hear God's voice through his still, small, soft, gentle voice that speaks to your spirit, yes, but you'll also hear it through his voice word. I want to challenge you tonight to learn how to reach, reach down deep into the word of God and pull out the promise you need. Pull out his plan. Pull out his purpose for your life. God says to him, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. Be in the word. Meditate upon it. He tells tells Joshua, here's when you should meditate upon it. Day and night. Okay, so, so let me just explain to you what that means all the time, okay? You remember, do you remember that song? It's like, I only think of you on two occasions. Remember that? 
That's day and night. You guys remember that? Okay, right? Like the girls, they're so, whatever, they're so in love. It's like, I think of you all the time. He says, I want you to meditate on my word, and I want you to do that day and night. Listen, please, I don't have a lot of time. There is a dark influence in this lower world that's designed to keep you distracted. It's designed to keep you depressed. It's designed to keep you distorted and disturbed in your mind to such a degree that you forget where you came from. You forget where you're going. You forget who you were made to be. You forget that you're strong in Christ. You forget that you're more than a conqueror, and I could go on and on because I've read it in his word. And I say this with all the love in my heart. How many? Hmm? How many? How many days? How many weeks? How many months? How many decades are we going to meander in some kind of spiritual malaise missing what we were made for by God? What were you made for? Like, I don't know. Like, everybody might have a specific purpose, but I know this according to Corinthians. You were made for the light of the knowledge of the glory of Christ to shine forth from you. Like a brilliant, self-illuminous jewel in an old jar. Jesus is the jewel. You're the jar. When it comes to knowledge, strength, and courage, let me also tell you this. I don't know if you're motivated. I don't know if you're inspired, but that's not going to be enough. Desire is not enough. To want what I'm saying is not enough. To be ambitious is not enough. You know why? All that, that's just a feeling. Do you understand? To promise yourself to promise others, even to promise God, is not enough. Do you know how many promises I've made to God that I didn't keep because I was in the moment of some sort of motivation? Okay, so then why are we even here? What do you, then what, are you gonna, what do we do? You pray and you put it into practice. You've got to put it into practice. When it, when, it's, your, it's when your strength combines with your courage, and you implement the plan. You activate the strategy. You consummate the commitment. That's when everything begins to change for the glory of God. Say amen. amen. What do you want to do tonight? You want to improve your marriage for the glory of God? You want to spend more time with your kids for the glory of God? You want financial freedom for the glory of God? Overcome your addiction, break free from the sin that's dominating your life, and you know what it is. Let me tell you this. There's no quick path. There's no shortcuts. This isn't about a life hack you can find on YouTube or some kind of trick. It's not about one change that needs to be made. It's about strength, courage, and decision. Courageous strength is a daily decision. Listen, it's like a military campaign. Sometimes it's, a, it's daily. For some of us, it's weekly. For some of us, it's hourly. The fight is insistent. It's relentless. It doesn't stop. It's a fight against temptation. It's a fight against laziness. It's a fight against complacency. It's a fight against carnality. It's a fight against compliance with the ways of the world. It's a fight against compromise. It's a campaign of discipline before God for strength determination, hard work, and dedication to Christ and his word. It may mean that you have to grind emotionally, spiritually, mentally, sometimes physically every day. So I'm asking you tonight, will you take the first step right here and right now?
Do you want to improve as a man of God, as a woman of God? Do you want to be strong and courageous? Do you want to be a godly wife, a godly, a godly mother? Do you want to be a godly father, a godly husband, a godly brother or sister, a godly son or daughter, a godly Christian? Do you want to get on a workout program? Do you want to start eating right and getting healthy again? Do you want to start heading in a new trajectory that puts you on a road that's called straight and narrow and leads to life? Spiritually, do you want to go deeper and higher and further than you ever have before? Do you want to be discipled? Do you want to make disciples? Do you want to reach the lost? Because listen, your dream, your mission, your vision isn't going to just fulfill itself. The idea that I'm talking about that you might be thinking about right now in your mind, it's not going to execute itself. Your book isn't going to write itself. Those weights aren't going to move themselves. Your relationship isn't going to mend itself. You've got to pray and do it. You have to make a decision and then have the strength and courage to do it in Christ, through Christ, with Christ. Do you want to pray more? Do you want to discover your God-given gift? Do you want to start serving God? Do you want to start living a life where, where loving God actually equates to loving people, which is a huge problem in the church today that these two don't come out to balance? Thank you for those applause because that's deep in the conviction of my heart as well. And I think it is with Calvary Delco because I discussed these things with Bob. Learning and hearing from God, listening, hearing from God, it all starts with an action. Jesus said, fix your hands to the plow. The writer of Hebrews said, fix your eyes on Jesus. Paul said, be a living sacrifice. Transform your mind. Show the world what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul talks about a goal, a, pl- a prize, a mark. Oh, race. But here's what I want to leave you with tonight. Whatever motivated you to be here tells me that you're hungry. Or you want to be hungry. What I've noticed on my own and in my own life and in the lives of others is this. And give me your attention just for just a few more minutes and listen. There is a huge, there's an enormous gap between the goal setter and the goal achiever. What's the difference between the goal setter and the goal achiever? The goal achiever found the strength to be strong and courageous when obstacles began to set themselves up against his or her present circumstance, against your God-given vision. Let me challenge you tonight to be strong and courageous, and and I say this. I believe the reason everyone is here is because you want to be a better believer. What does that mean to be a better believer? It means you want to give God more glory tomorrow than you did today. And if that's true, make whatever sacrifices you have to make. Cry out to God for a vision of the best you. And I'm not saying that in some kind of motivational message kind of way. I'm saying the best you is the you that gives the greatest glory to God. And if God gives it to you today, then it starts today. It starts here, and it starts now. If you sense it, if you see it, if you know it, make the decision and act on it. Actuate it, actualize it, realize it, engage it, embrace it. you got to make the decision. It starts with a decision. What changes our whole life? What really changes our whole life, listen, is action. Why don't we take action? Fear. Fear of other people fear of missing out, 
fear of failure, fear of the unknown. Here's the thing you've got to do above all others. Listen, because you're listening, you're saying, okay, so what, do I, so what are you saying I do? Here's the thing above all others, presuming God's a priority in your life. Okay, presuming that Christ is your Savior, the Word of God's your guide, presuming you're hungry for God, here's what's left for you to do. Make a decision to overcome your fear and take action. Most of the moments that I've experienced in my life that had a significant transformational effect on my life, they came from a decision to take action. And it wasn't always epic. It wasn't a decision I made in front of a thousand people. Sometimes it was a decision that I just made between me and Jesus. Nonetheless, it's a decision. It's a real decision. Listen, please. Don't miss me in the multitude of words right here. A decision. Let me tell you what a decision is. A decision is not an option. A decision is not a preference. A decision is not an inclination or an inspiration. A decision... It's not about trying something out. A decision's not about giving something a go. Let's just see. A decision comes from a Latin word that most of you might know, which is the word incision. To incise. If you're in the medical field, you've heard that word before. But the word D in front instead of in in Latin means not only to incise, but it means to cut off and remove. See what I'm saying? A decision is when you cut off any possibility except for the one to which you've committed. You have to have strength and courage to say, to say listen, to say, this is it. This is it. Say it with me. This is it. That's a decision. And then the blade comes down. And when that blade comes down, it divides between joint and marrow, soul and spirit, thoughts and intentions of the heart. That decision is the first step. Sometimes that decision declares war when you bring the blade down. There's a battle that begins in the seen and unseen realm. The powers of darkness start to take you seriously. Now you're on the radar in hell because the demons know your name because there's a man tonight or a woman tonight that's about to be strong and courageous and make a decision and take action. After you decided, after you've made the cut, you burn the bridge. As Paul said, after you've nailed your sin to the cross, it's at that moment when a strong and courageous decision is made. Watch this, watch this now. Hard or easy doesn't matter anymore. Long-term or short-term doesn't matter anymore. Ask the Apostle Paul. Critics and skeptics don't matter anymore because the power of a strong and courageous decision that you might make right here is what takes you from right now into the future where you're the best you, and the best you is the you that gives the greatest glory to God. Now, please listen. These are my last words for you tonight. If you're here and you're already the best you, I just want to thank you for being here tonight. This message wasn't for you. Okay. You already arrived, and you have my congratulations. But I know that I need to hear this tonight. 
I'm saying this to myself long before I'm saying it into the hearts of anyone else because I'm in the process of forgetting what's behind and reaching forth for what's ahead. I'm a man in the midst of my own sanctification. I'm a man in the process of letting old things pass away and beholding all the things that become new when I'm in Christ. God told Joshua to be strong and courageous. So did I just say courageous? Did I somehow, for some reason, did I just break into an Australian accent for no reason? Been listening to too much Hillsong. One of the greatest tragedies that might happen tonight in the life of a man or a woman who's sitting here is that God, listen, Joshua chapter 1, he tells him to go in and possess the land. God may have given you a possession tonight. A possession, individually, personally, and specifically. Something to possess. It's your spiritual gift. It's an ability. It's a talent. It's a unique treasure that God's placed within you. But until today, you haven't had the strength and the courage to reach out and possess it. Make the decision. Take the action. Please listen. These are really, I said as my last words, these are really my last words. Stop looking for shortcuts. It's about strength courage, determination. It's about making a decision and then taking action. I want to challenge every man and woman in this room. Distractions, disappointments, every man that's broke, busted, and disgusted, and discouraged, bring that blade down and hear God say to you, as I was, as I was, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And with that, I'm in.